So uh, we have been in the book of Acts for the last couple of weeks, um, three weeks actually, uh, and today we are going to continue continue with that. Um, uh, Jesse, what about small groups? We already we already addressed that because there's not there's only a few people here today, so we are we are our own small group. Um, so. Uh, we're going to be going through the book of Acts. If you want to get your Bible, get your uh, notebook, your notepad, whatever you need to make sure that you are ready for this. Um, we're in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. And we're going to, we're going to be reading verses 22 through 36. Um, so uh, I'm guessing that um, Hannah wants to read. So uh, I'm going to have Hannah, Hannah, if you'll read verse 22 through 28. And I'm trying to unmute you. But I think you have to do the last part. Yeah. So. Hannah, can you unmute? There you go. All right. Y'all can hear me now? Yes. Okay. Fellow Israelites, listen to these words. This Jesus of Nazareth was a man attested to you by God with miracles, wonders, and signs that God did among you through him, just as you yourselves know. Though he was delivered up according to God's determined plan and foreknowledge, you used lawless people to nail him to a cross and kill him. God raised him up, ending the pains of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by death. For David said of him, yeah, I saw the Lord ever before me, because he was at my right hand. I will not be shaken, therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. Moreover, my flesh will rest in hope, because you would not abandon me in Hades, or allow your Holy One to see decay. You will reveal the path of life to me. You will fill me with gladness in your presence. So here we go. This is an amazing thing that you are reading right now because this is right after what we saw last week. So last week we saw the Holy Spirit come into the world, right? And uh, Jesus had promised that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, which is one of the three aspects of God, part of the Trinity. So the Holy Spirit comes into the world and everything changes. Now um, they have this uh, indwelling of the Holy Spirit with them. Uh, everybody starts speaking other languages. And we talked about the idea that Babel, when, when they built the Tower of Babel, it, God said, this is not the way I want things done. And so he broke everyone apart and uh, by their languages. And then at Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit comes, God brings everybody back together. They were all speaking languages that other people could understand. And, and it's very chaotic, very strange. And then all of a sudden, Peter stands up and he begins to preach. Now, this is the first time in the Bible that we see Peter preach. And it's also, this is probably the second most famous sermon in the Bible. The most famous would probably be the Sermon on the Mount, right? 
And we talk about that when Jesus, and it's a, and the Sermon on the Mount is a long sermon. It's a long talk that Jesus gives. This is not a, a long sermon, um, but this is the, the, probably the second most famous sermon in the Bible. And this is the first gospel sermon. So anything that was preached before, even when Jesus preached the Sermon on the Mount, he was preaching under the law. It, uh, he hadn't died and become the sacrifice for everybody yet. And so um, everything that was preached before this was preached under the law. So this is the first gospel sermon ever in history. Um, so when we read these words, realize this is not just somebody standing up saying, uh, you know, saying something. This is super, super important. All right. Uh, who wants to read? Uh, you'll be reading 29 through 36, 29 through 36. Anybody else want to read? Hannah, you already read. I need somebody else to read 29 through 36. Anybody? Anyone? All right. If you all want to let Hannah read, I, I guess, Hannah, you can read it. There you go. Okay. So 29 through 36. Yes. Okay. Brothers and sisters, I can confidently speak to you about the Patrick David. He is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us on this day. Since he was a prophet, he knew that God had sworn an oath to him to seat one of his descendants on the throne. Seeing what it was to come, he spoke concerning the resurrection of the Messiah. He was not abandoned in Hades, and his flesh did not experience decay. God has raised this Jesus. We are all witness of this. Therefore, since he has been exalted to the right hand of God and received from the Father that the promised Holy Spirit, he has poured out what you both see and hear. For it was not David who ascended into the heavens, but he himself says, The Lord declared to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know that certainly God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. Okay. So, Peter preaches this sermon. It's short, but it has everything that they need to know. Peter is telling all these people who are listening that the world has changed. The world's not the same anymore. And um, one of the things I love about this, uh, how many of you have had to read or maybe even memorize the Gettysburg Address? Anybody? Yeah, some of you have. Four score and seven years ago, right? Our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. So this is a speech. The, the, the context of that speech is Abraham Lincoln, after the Battle of Gettysburg, huge battle, many, many, many dead on both sides. It's um, it's carnage, right? And they're having this uh, kind of memorial to it. Now, there's a speaker that gets up before Abraham Lincoln. And honestly, I, I don't remember the name of this speaker. Um, if anybody finds it, put it in the chat. Um, but he gets up to speak, and his speech was like an hour and 20 minutes, 
something like that, like 80, 90 minute speech. This guy goes on. Abraham Lincoln walks up on the stage and he gives the Gettysburg Address. The Gettysburg Address is short. It's short. But no one, I, I, like I said, I can't even remember who the guy is who spoke before Abraham Lincoln because Abraham Lincoln got up, gave this short, beautiful, eloquent speech that basically just said that what, what just happened should never have happened. It should, the world should not be this way, right? And everybody got it. I, I always think, I wonder what it would have been like to be there. I always wondered what Abraham Lincoln's voice sounds like, you know? Did he have this deep, booming voice, or did he have a weird nasal voice like me, or, you know, what did he sound like? Did he have a, a, a twang? Did he have an accent? But... Every time I hear the, that speech, whenever I hear someone say that speech, it doesn't matter what their voice sounds like. The words of that speech are so powerful. Edward Everett, two hours, two hours journey. Thank you for that. Can you imagine that? He spoke two hours and then Lincoln gets up and just boom, just hammers it with this. And I think this sermon by Peter is so much like the Gettysburg Address because Peter gets up and he summarizes everything Jesus has just done for this crowd. He, he brings to the point everything that matters. Now, a couple of things about this. He is speaking primarily to Jews, right? To people of Israel. Uh, this is Pentecost, and as I said last week, it's a Jewish festival. Um, it's the time when they come together. So you have, you have Passover, that's the celebration of them uh, being delivered from Egypt. And then you have the Feast of First Fruits, and then you have this, Pentecost. And Pentecost is really focusing on the giving of the law. This is when the Ten Commandments and all the law was given to Moses. So, um, so Pentecost is about uh, obeying the law, about being Jewish, about being an adherent to this religion. And then Peter stands up to this crowd who would have come from all over the world to celebrate Pentecost in Jerusalem, and he gives this speech. Now, Jesus has left uh, just we said, you know, about a week earlier, maybe a little more, and Jesus tells them, I want you to be my disciples in Jerusalem and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth, right? And so this is Peter following through with what Jesus said. He's in Jerusalem, he's talking to Jewish people, and he's sharing who Jesus is. Um, there's two things about this sermon that make it great. One is that it is short. He doesn't, there's not enough time for them to lose interest. And what's really cool, and this is, this is interesting to me that he does this, he, he uses song lyrics in his sermon, right? So um, when we talk about songs in our culture, uh, sometimes there are song lyrics that we hear and that that stick in our head, right? 
Have you ever gotten a song stuck in your head, right? And you can't get it out and it just keeps going through. Hannah was talking about that uh, on uh, Wednesday, I think, but every breath you take was going through her head and she couldn't get it out. And, and, uh, uh, that, and that's one of those songs. I'm sorry if I just did that to you and it's stuck in your head now. Um, I, I apologize. But when I say that, every breath you take, you, if you've heard the song, it's in your head, right? And so uh, I love that Peter keeps this sermon simple, but he quotes song lyrics from David, because that's what the Psalms are. They're songs that would have been in people's heads. They would recognize these songs. And I love that he, he uses that for them to understand who Jesus was, that David was talking about Jesus and pointing toward Jesus. And he, he explains that David and Jesus are different and how they're different. And um, so even though, and, and so that's the main thing. The first thing that's great is it's simple and it's connected to what they believe, what they already know. The second thing that's really big about this sermon is it's completely, it's the first sermon we ever have that's just about Jesus. It's about who Jesus was and why he came. And he explains the whole thing, right? And um, he, I, I love this, that the last verse there, verse 36, therefore let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus who you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. And, and so he's saying, Jesus is the ruler of the world and he's the savior of the world. And um, that's just huge, right? And it's a different picture that people had than they had had before of who Jesus was. So um, I think this is an amazing thing that, that he's able to summarize the whole gospel message, that whole idea of who Jesus is in this short sermon. Um, and, and let that be something that you guys take from this. Some of you, like you say, I'd like to share Jesus with my friends. I'd like to, uh, I'd like to tell them about who Jesus is, but I don't have enough. I'm not good enough with words, right? I'm not eloquent. I, I, you know, I, I don't know where to start. And I would say to you, do what Peter did, right? Peter trusted the Holy Spirit. He kept it short, talked about what he knew, and he focused on Jesus. If you do those three things, you're going to do all right, right? Because I think sometimes we worry that we're not going to say the right words, that I'm going to say something stupid, and they're not going to believe in Jesus, right? I'm going to say something stupid, and the Holy Spirit's not going to do anything, not going to move. Well, you need to understand that when you share Christ with people, it's not your responsibility to change their hearts. That's what God has promised he will do. He'll change their hearts. So when you do share Christ with people, just keep it simple and keep it focused on Jesus, right? Um, 
I also, there's, there's a, a couple of verses in here that I really like that I wanted to share. I wanted us to think about a little bit, especially in the time that we're in right now. Um, verses 23 and 24, right? Um, I love this. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep hold of him, on him. And here's what I want, I want you to take from that too. Sometimes we are in situations and we look at it and we say, this is awful. That description of what happened is not the way Peter would have described it when it happened. That wasn't the way Peter felt about it. Peter was scared. Peter, Peter was overwhelmed by it. Peter was sad. But afterward, he looks back and he goes, oh, I see what God was doing there. God had a plan in all that. And uh, I, I read this, when, when man does his worst, God does his best, right? When man does his worst, God does his best. The worst thing ever in the history of the world to ever happen, the worst thing in the history of the world to ever happen was the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And, and I, I mean, I know we say, oh, well, what about the Holocaust? What about, those are terrible, terrible things. I'm not saying that. But on the scale of worst things, to nail an innocent person, one, that's bad. But to nail someone to the cross who is the Messiah, the Savior sent by God to earth, is the worst thing you could do. And so, but from that worst thing that man can do, God redeemed mankind. So he took the worst thing that was ever done and made the best thing that's ever happened come from it. So um, I, this is a, a little bit of a spoiler for next week. But what we see in the next few verses after this sermon is pretty cool too. So after this sermon, after Peter preaches this sermon, 3,000 people get saved. Now, I've, I've spoken before and had like one or two people like raise their hand and accept Jesus. Three thousand people got saved when he preached this sermon. I don't know how many people were there, but that seems like most of them probably did, right? So this is an amazing thing. And I love uh, the verse that, that uh, again, we'll talk about this a little more next week. But uh, verse 37 says, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, what shall we do? I mean, there can't be a better response to a sermon than that. What am I supposed to do with that? So here's the thing. For this sermon right now, here's the question that you should be asking yourself. Knowing that Jesus is 
the savior of the world and the ruler of the world, knowing that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. You need to ask the question, what are you to do with that? What are you to do with that? If you really believe that, how does it change who you are, how you're living, how you act around other people, how you relate to other people? If you truly believe that, how does it change? Because it should change everything, right? It should be the central point of everything in your life. And I know now that's not, we can't always live perfect. We can't always do that where we're so focused on who God is that, that we're thinking that one track mind. I understand. But what is it in your life that needs to change in light of the idea that Jesus is the Lord and Messiah of the world? So um, imagine that you heard this message for the first time. Imagine how that would change you and then let that change you in that way. All right. Let me pray for you guys. And then we got one more thing that we're going to do and we'll be wrapping it up. All right. Lord, thank you uh, for this time. Thank you for who you are. Lord, thank you for this message that Peter preaches. This, this idea that you are the Lord and Messiah of the world. Lord, that you came into the world to redeem the world. And Lord, I just pray that, um, that we will, as we read these words, as we see these words, Lord, that we will ask, what should I do with that? How should I change because of that? And Lord, I just pray that, um, that we'll answer that question today as we go forward from here. Lord, that we'll, we'll answer that question with the way we act, with the the things we say with the people that we share uh, Jesus with. And Lord, I just pray that uh, you'll continue to work in and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so uh, each week we have someone share a story. And today we have Alexa. And uh, so Alexa is going to share her story. Go ahead, Alexa. Hi, my name's Alexa. I love dance and I grew up on a farm, so I also love animals. I have one sister and three brothers. I've been at North Star since I was a baby and I volunteer in the preschool room. Before I was saved, it was a normal life without Jesus. I went to church, but I didn't get it till about the beginning of third grade when I wanted to learn more. So eventually I went to my bread and I prayed the prayer. I was After I was saved, I was trying to be closer to God and I've been praying and reading my Bible. Thank you. Very good. Unmute. Let me unmute for applause. Here we go. Good job, Alexa. Good job. So, uh, yeah. All right. Well, um, I'm glad you guys were here. Uh, I uh, I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you're going to do something nice for your mom. Um, if you haven't already, uh, then, then take some time today. She deserves everything you do for her today. Well, she deserves it every day, but, you know, at least do something today. Um, 
So uh, that's it. We're going to wrap up. But if you want to hang out, I'm going to leave this on for a few minutes. So if you want to catch up with people or talk to people or whatever. Um, but have a great week. And we'll see you next week.